It's time once again for Unprofessional. I am once again Lex Friedman, and with me once again, I can't get rid of this guy, is Dave Wiskus. Hi, Dave. You keep trying. <laughs> no I'm, Dave, I'm cling- no show. I'm clinging on like a baby koala. <laughs> well, you know, you and I have been to Australia together, so we have a koala connection. But that should be the title of the show. Koala tea. Okay. And uh, we are joined today. We, it's, I feel like sometimes one Dave is not enough. So we are joined this time by a second Dave. Uh, so let me introduce uh, our guest, David Rodriguez. Hey, Dave, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Thanks for having me. Hey, thanks for being here. Wait, you said no, Dave, no show. Does that mean that if he were here and I wasn't, that would be okay? I think so. I think it's a first name policy only. If we had See, Coulier back, he would count. That You've got it so much easier than me because it's hard to find another Lex. Right. It's basically like bad guys and then young girls who are named Lex. And rappers. Yes, that's right. <laughs> So, uh, so Dave, uh, Dave, I'm going to call him Dave Prime for now. Dave, tell, tell our listeners who you are and what you do. Uh, well, I'm a writer, director, uh, producer by, uh, by choice. Um, uh, first film I ever directed was Push. Uh, second was American Bully. And the third and most recent, uh, which premieres uh, tomorrow at the Man Chinese Theater, is Last I Heard, starring Paul Servino, Michael Rappaport, Renee Props, Chaz Palminteri, to name a few of the uh, amazing cast that I got to work with. And Chaz Palminteri isn't just a good name and like an awesome actor, but just the, just the coolest, the coolest name. Yeah, it is a cool name. He's a cool dude too, so it's it's definitely appropriate. Do you get to? Um, does he go by Chaz? Like yeah. a lot of times, you hear people when they like, well, I know, I know Bob, and they're referring to Robert De Niro, and I only ever think of Robert De Niro as Robert De Niro. But is Chaz just Chaz? Chaz is just Chaz. His real name though is. Uh, is Cologido. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> how could we not have known? But that? you, sh- you know, everybody should know that. But no, he he actually his real name is actually the the um, same name that the young kids the young kid had in a Bronx Tale, who was oh. really a, a story told from his point of view as a young kid seeing a mob hit outside of his front door. Uh, in 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 the Arthur Avenue section of the Bronx, and uh, from a very young age, uh, his parents uh, started calling him Chaz, and and uh, here he is now as you know Chaz Palminteri, a household name, but a very cool guy and a very humble guy, and and a consummate New Yorker. So it's he's a good friend to have. He was in the uh, the Usual Suspects. Sure was, yeah. I always, I always think it's funny though when your parents give you. I can't even pronounce it. Collegero. When you get, when you get this yeah. big fancy name, and then your parents call you by a nickname instead, and that name sticks, you don't get a lot of chazzes. Like you know, I'm Alexander, but my parents called me Lex from day one. But that's you can see that. But yeah, I mean, name another chaz. Yeah, like Chaz uh, Bono. That's that's not a good. <laughs> that's that's not awkward. A good company. <laughs> can you, like, can you imagine being in public, the two of them, and somebody yells out Chaz? They both turn around. That's got to be awful. <laughs> yeah, that's. <laughs> Chaz with two Z's. <laughs> if they're both in the same place at the same time, you're like, man, this place feels awfully chazzy. It'd be good. Yeah. <laughs> who who would say that, Lex? Who? Me? Me? I would. You're the only one. Nobody else would say that. Well, so I want to ask, and this is again for Dave Prime, do you prefer, do, do you go by Dave and David interchangeably? Do you prefer Dave all the time? Like, how's, how does that work? When I first started in the business, I... I used to credit myself as Dave Rodriguez and on my first and second feature and some of the, you know, all the videos that I did and 
and uh, pilot presentation that I did. And then when I did Last I Heard, I felt that that was sort of like an amalgamation of all the things that I've learned and, you know, as far as filmmaking and how to deal with actors and, you know, just, just you know, how to put a team together and all that stuff. And I felt that that was sort of the point where I needed to go back to the name that my parents gave me. So I said, you know what? It's David Rodriguez. That's that's the name that's on my birth certificate. But everybody calls me Dave or D-Rod. But, but that's uh, – that, either way, it doesn't make a difference. I always – anybody that calls me David, though, I think they're upset with me. Right. <laughs> that's, that's the curse of all full names, right? Yeah. I get I get David from people who don't know me. So usually like salespeople or the person at the grocery store who just happened to be looking at my card. Yeah. And sees David on there or gay men. Yeah. <laughs> that's who calls me David. I, I just can't believe that we have two days on the show and you waited until now to drop the D-Rod bomb on me. Like, yeah. that would be so much easier, right? <laughs> Speaking of unfavorable comparisons at the moment. <laughs> D-Roid. D-Roid. Uh, no, it's uh, – I think probably most people in LA call me D-Rod. So I, I'm not offended at all. I think the reference to A-Rod is the limit of my baseball knowledge. <laughs> oh, I always thought that was pronounced arid. Uh, <laughs> A-Rod. A yeah. Does anybody with the last name Rodriguez get to use the rod suffix as a nickname? Other than in sports, not really. So it's, so you're like – you're the exception to the, the rod nickname rule. I, I, I'm going to go ahead and say – as far as I know, yeah. <laughs> I'm sad that I don't have one of those last names that you could you could shorten down that way. Yeah. Like, what would I be, D-Whisk? How about Andy Andy Roddick, though? They were calling him A-Rod for a while. That's true. And that's so tennis. Like, and it was kind of weird because it's like, it's tennis. I wonder if Gene Roddenberry. I, I would call Gene Roddenberry G-Rod. I could see that. I think any <laughs> last name that starts with Rod gets the Rod now. I think that's what I'm. that's my new rule. Spare the Rod. Spoil, I got nothing. For me, I had a I took meteorology in my junior or senior <laughs> year of high school because it was the easy class versus the hard class, and I had this uh, teacher who said that I had a, a voice that would be good for radio, and that my radio name should be Lex Free, that I should cut off the Demin and just be Lex Free, and that should be my radio name, uh, which I thought was stupid. And Lex Free sounds like a throwback cola. <laughs> Lex Free. Only one calorie. And then, so I, there's that for me. And then I've got my Twitter name, L-E-X-F-R-I, and I got people who want to pronounce it Lex-Free, or even sometimes uh, John Syracuse, whom Dave W. knows, pronounces it Lexi-Free, which I don't understand at all. Uh, for me, I look at my name and I say Lex-Fry. But that's... So anyway, I did not go with Lex-Free, which is the closest I think Friedman can get to having a last name nickname. I don't know what the formula is, but there has to be a formula for combination of letter or syllable in first name that pairs well with first syllable of last name. Because it starts with J-Lo, right? Yeah. That's where yeah. this all comes from. Yeah. K-Fed. Uh, yeah. <laughs> a nickname more famous than the person who bears it. I yeah. A little, little throwback there. Um I, mean, I think that I think K-Fed might have been people making fun of him rather than yeah. his actual <laughs> right. nickname. Lindsay Lohan. Well-fed. Right. Lilo, right? Lilo. I, I was thinking with the Rod, like Michelle Rodriguez, I don't feel like M-Rod works. M-Rod almost sounds like a, an insult. It's like too close to an M-Rod. It, yeah. It's, it actually sounds like a, like a male enhancement pill or something. <laughs> <laughs> right? Take like M-Rod. M-Rod. Guaranteed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> M-Rod. <laughs> you really want the word rod in your male enhancement. Yeah. You, do. <laughs> you do. Speaking of good names, though, in that movie, I always, always have loved 
Uh, and last I heard, I have always loved Michael Rappaport's last name. That's a cool sounding name. I, I always choose to believe that Rappaport is a fake name because it's so great. I'm sure it's not actually, but Rappaport is a fun name to say. What, wait, you mean you're sure it's not fake? I, I, no, I choose, I, I, be, I choose to believe that it's fake because otherwise I'm jealous that somebody could be born into having such an awesome last name. There are, though, a bunch of like really cool names that, yeah, especially in, in, um, in football, people that are like, did their parents just think, hey, he's going to play football and I'm going to give him a really cool name? <laughs> like Colt McCoy. Right. That is, that's, it's either football or he's a gunslinger in the Old West. Right. <laughs> There are a lot of very cool football names. And I would say people like Wolf Blitzer, you feel like if he hadn't <laughs> if he didn't have his job, you would never accept it as a name. Hi, what's your name? Oh, I'm Wolf. No, you're not. That's what's your real name? Yeah. I, I bet if he's not famous and he's going around with the name Wolf, he's gonna get a lot of people asking him about his name, not challenging the legitimacy of his name, just asking him, Oh, where did that come from? Why'd your parents call you that? I think he became famous just so he didn't have to answer those questions all the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what I would have done. I just imagine him in an office job where each day he comes into work and is like, Wolfman, how was your night last night? But nobody calls you Wolfman when you work at CNN. Or the girl that he's dating that, you know, gets all like, you know, baby talk on him and calls him Wolfie. Right. I would totally call him Wolfie. If we have Wolf Blitzer on this show, I'm going to call him Wolfie. I'm going to ask that- at least. See, I've got like this pillow talk mental image of Wolf Blitzer now. (laughs) I bet he's a kind and gentle lover, actually. I don't... uh, It's... I I got nothing. I got nothing. He seems pretty gentle. (laughs) (laughs) Really, anybody working in the news... Like, I even watch... I've been watching a, a newsroom... And I watch those characters, and I still I can't I can't see them as people. I've even seen Jeff Daniels in other things where he's been um, I wouldn't say like a romantic sort of person, but uh, in in other contexts. So even in Dumb and Dumber, I could see him in a romantic context. But as soon as you put him behind a news desk, and suddenly he's 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 just a robot. I can't see him as a person anymore. That's crazy that you just brought that up that he was in Dumb and Dumber. That's the only other thing I could think of that he was in. What makes it crazy? No, that he he went from playing like the the combo, Bill O'Reilly, Wolf Blitzer, Anderson Cooper, Sean Hannity guy to, you know, from from playing a complete idiot, you know? <laughs> just... Yeah, I can see that's a big career jump for him. I think that, I don't know. I think there's enough time in between. That's right. I, I think he could have played those roles back to back, though. I think he could have pulled it off. Time heals all wounds, especially <laughs> in Hollywood. Well, he's... I think he has obviously he has the versatility to do it. He's done it, but back to back, I don't know. Because aren't they working now on a a sequel, or maybe a prequel? Yeah, a prequel. No, they did a prequel. They're doing a sequel. It's oh, they're doing a sequel. A sequel with the actual cast again. Right, right. That's interesting. Sounds like a horrible idea. Well, I do think that the title is my favorite joke title in a long time because it's called Dumb and Dumber Two, but Two is spelled T O. And I think that's. Funny. <laughs> I can I can get behind that joke. The, well, the problem with that joke is it's so subtle, and I'm betting a lot of people didn't pick up on it. <laughs> I think when you see it in print, you get it because it's it very clearly looks wrong. <laughs> I used to make that mistake all the time before I started earning a a modest living as a writer. Then I then I'm like consciously thinking about two two there there where <laughs> where were you know. That's interesting. The the people I know who uh, write for digital like uh, like Lex is a good example. He writes for Macworld. People who write for online publications or technology publications, 
don't have that problem. But people I know that uh, are entertainment writers do tend to make that mistake. And that might just be people that I know. I don't want to, I don't want to suggest that it's everyone, but I wonder if there's a reason for that split. I think it's just a, that as an entertainment writer, you're, um, you're writing dialogue. Um, you're, you're for, for the purposes of delivery, not for the purposes of ingesting information. Um, it, it's, you're, it's kind of a roadmap. Like if I draw a map and it looks and it's completely out of scale, it doesn't matter. I, I'm just trying to get you there. Right, right. So I think it's the same thing with, with a screenwriter. It's, you, you just kind of go for it. And, and I remember like early on, you know, my agents would say, hey, you got a couple of spell, spelling errors. And they weren't errors. It was just there, th- theirs and theirs and twos and twos. And, you know, homophones, and you, man. And you just go for it. And you just, you're not even thinking about it because you're so in the zone when you're writing a screenplay. But, you know, I guess, uh, I guess in the, in, in, in an effort to, to write, you know, as I said, for the purposes of just writing dialogue for a character, you tend not to care as much as if you're writing it for a magazine. But now, now that all those people scared you with those, uh, with those, you know, grammar checks, I guess, uh, now you're homophonophobic. So yeah. Uh, homophonophobic. Come on. That was good. Homophone. Good. Come on, Lex. It's 2013. <laughs> Nobody speaks Latin. <laughs> I always worry about it when I use, um, when I, I, I love to use Siri on my iPhone to send, especially to send iMessages and things that I just find so annoying to tap out. And there are people with whom I know if I leave a, a Siri transcribed grammar mistake, like if Siri loves to put the wrong it's in there or something, uh, if I leave it, that they're going to harass me. And there's people who I know will get that I'm using A, an iPhone, and B, Siri on that iPhone, and they're just going to let it slide. I prefer talking to those people. <laughs> you're you're also one of those people who does the sent from my iPhone thing. Oh, leaves the, leaves the sent from my iPhone signature? The signature? Yeah, I don't. I don't do that. And the reason is I don't think that uh, you being on a mobile device is an excuse. I think that, uh, that, that brevity is one thing, but not going back to check what you wrote is another. Oh, no, I'll look over for I, – I don't put the send from my iPhone there to excuse typos. I put send from my iPhone uh, for, for the brevity reason because I tend – I'm a writer, right? So I write all day long. When I send emails, they're often multiple paragraphs. Then on my iPhone, I'm going to give you like two and a half sentences and call it a day. And I want you to understand it's not you. It's me. <laughs> do you leave the signature on uh uh d rod <laughs> <laughs> um i don't know do i i oh, i because it comes it, it it's it's on the other end right so you would know that if i responded to an email gotcha. um right if, if i responded to an email on my iphone you would be the one that knows whether or not but if i looked at the whole email chain then maybe i would see it i'm not sure yeah see i, I that's i turn that off like immediately I think the the only one I have is uh, I think my iPad I changed from sent from my iPad to sent from your iPad just to see if anybody would notice. <laughs> now you can, can you change where do you change that in the settings? Uh, it's under settings mail somewhere. <laughs> I got to go in there now. Yeah, you got to see what are you sending as right now? <gasps> no, I just want to like create some something clever like that. See, I was just thinking about that. You know, I do see people who make the jokes about it and stuff, and for me, even I'm I'm fine with it because. I just like knowing which device you're emailing from. Now, some people I know turn that off 
for ex- exactly that reason. They don't want you to know what device they're emailing from because they don't want you to realize, oh, he's out and about emailing me from his iPhone when he should be at his desk or whatever. No, but I think me- the magic of technology is that you have no idea where I am. You have no idea what I'm doing. You only know that I've done the thing that you needed me to do. And it doesn't matter where I'm doing it. I can work or I can, I can be functional from just about anywhere. I can be reasonably functional from just about anywhere. As functional as I get anyway. Assuming sobriety. Right. I'm very functional when I'm drinking. <laughs> I've, learned, I've learned not to answer too many emails when I've been drinking. Yeah, you, <laughs> mine tend to get a little long-winded. <laughs> <laughs> I used to love writing notes to myself when I had been drinking. Just so I could see how ridiculous they looked in the morning. That's a good screenwriter trait. I used to write myself notes when I was stoned. I'd leave myself notes. I'd wake up in the morning and I'd get like a, a note next to my, my bed saying like, uh, Dear Sober Dave, pay your car insurance today. Love Stone Dave. And I'd read that and I'd go, shit, this guy's great. I totally forgot about that. Stone D-Rod is a little dysfunctional. <laughs> so it, I would have like food stains on my note to myself and <laughs> and like lols like that freaking matters you know when you're writing it like who the hell writes lol longhand like with a pen? And it, especially that's what in happened. a note to yourself yeah like dorito stains <laughs> lol dave haha <laughs> like awesome i just weed. like <laughs> stone d-rod is an even cooler nickname than d-rod <laughs> that's stone a- d-rod <laughs> I get what I call inebriation guilt. I think that's my problem. If I'm drunk, if I'm stoned, I'm, I feel horrible about how unproductive or lazy or like I have no right to be in that condition. What, there's all these things that I should be doing, all these things that I should get done. And so my brain will just tune into, well, what are the things that I could be doing if I weren't stoned right now or if I weren't drunk right now? And I'll make a list. Then I find that list in the morning. I'm like, well, shit, I really should be doing those things. And I never would have done them. So it kind of, uh, it would balance me out. I think... Maybe it's a productivity a, hack for you. I should I should start smoking pot again. Why not? Well, <laughs> I have never been stoned, as we've discussed on this show. Well, uh, Sanjay Gupta now says that it's totally okay. He says <laughs> that for <laughs> medical marijuana. I don't I have any that, problem with medical. I love marijuana. that you got that out of that documentary. Like that's the, <laughs> anybody that smokes pot, <laughs> no, it's good for you, man. It's great. It's, All the it, other stuff that's not that's not great for you, it doesn't matter. It can kill cancer cells. It could kill cancer, and it's good for you. Everyone should do that. <laughs> you, I mean, what, what if there's cancer cells right now? You, you want to smoke pot and get rid of those. Absolutely. I, I should be clear here. I've, I've smoked pot uh, a handful of times in my life. Right. There's a, there's a brief period about a year or two ago. And you I was, didn't inhale. No, oh, I, right. I, I inhaled the shit out of it. <laughs> how, how large were the hands, though? Um, like... I don't know, like basketball player hands. Oh, I, all right, so that's a lot. A little bit. Um, not a lot. <laughs> I, I never even smoked alone until a couple years ago. I, it had always been like with an ex-girlfriend or something. And I was having a hard time sleeping, really bad insomnia, and a friend suggested it. So I thought I'd try it. And it worked until the night when uh, I wound up smoking way too much and I had an anxiety attack while I was high. And it led to roughly the most horrible experience of my life. I thought it was in the <laughs> Matrix for a couple of days. Were you? I might have been. I have a, a local friend, a real-world friend who lives close to me, who listens to this show. And after the episode where I said that one of the reasons I don't smoke pot is because I, I don't want to accidentally uh, find my hands on uh, laced marijuana that then I have long-term lingering side effects from. It's not going to happen, uh, Lex. He ins- like, as soon as he listens to the episode, he iMessaged me and he's like, I can get you guaranteed unlaced pot if you'd like. <laughs> 
anybody could. <laughs> Organic. It'd be hard to get laced pot at this point. Right. I just like, though, that, I mean, that wasn't the only reason. I have other reasons, too, but I just, I, I like that my friends are there for me. This is a friend who I didn't know until that moment was, uh, was a regular smoker. I won't why? identify him. Why? Why, why wouldn't you do it now? No, why wouldn't you do it now? Oh, if, well, if you knew that you could get your hands on stuff that, that wasn't going to be laced. Uh, I would say that there are these reasons. One, I don't want to smoke it because I don't smoke anything. You can get a vaporizer. That's a pro- solvable problem. Two is – well, I don't want to spend money on it either. Two is the um, – <laughs> uh, uh, Lex Friedman, Jew. Two is that I, uh, I, I don't like breaking the law when I don't need to. And uh, Where do you live? Three is that I've, I'm in New Jersey. I've gone oh, so yeah, long without it. It's like why yeah. start now? Come to California. You won't be, and we solve all your problems here. Don't I need a uh, Don't I need a medical prescription first? Yeah, you can go to Venice Beach and get one for thirty bucks. Or you can come to Denver where you can just smoke it. Exactly. Or we could all meet up in Seattle. All right, let's do that. <laughs> if, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it in cookie or brownie form. Let's be clear. Like if there's going to be dessert involved. And I, well, my thing was, I knew it couldn't be a sobriety issue for you because I've seen you drunk. Yes. No, I don't mind. I don't mind being drunk. Um, and I can't imagine it's a moral thing for you. No, I, it's it's moral thing only in the sense of that I try to uh, adhere to my area's laws. And so, since my law is that I I shouldn't do it, that makes it very easy for me to say, okay, I'm not going to bother doing it. Well, you I'll know, this is abiding. according I, to, to Dr. Gupta, alcohol is much <laughs> more. Uh, true it has much more addictive qualities and much more dangerous on the body than uh than marijuana yeah yeah i'm not worried about the danger listen if it, just if saying. it becomes legal for all you kids listening at home just saying <laughs> if it becomes legal and regulated here where i live then i would think it'd be stupid not to try it right once it's regulated and taxed and inspected then i'll feel good about it but i don't i there's no way to get it here that's not illegal and thus in my mind in some way sketchy like my buddy says i can get you unlaced pot but how the hell does anybody really know unless you're growing it yourself how the hell do we know how how do you how do you know the the food from your grocery store isn't laced with lsd i like my odds there are inspections. I mean, they're they're not guaranteed, but I just I like the fact that somebody is at some point paying attention during some element of the production line for some oh, tiny percentage of the food. Most most of the well, at least uh, in Colorado, California, in states with uh, medical marijuana laws, that stuff is inspected. Not in the same way that food is, but there are people who care about these things. There are people who are making sure that these things work out that way. Plus, you've got. Uh, the dispensaries themselves, those are businesses, and they're staking their reputations on the product that they're selling. Right. So, so I'm saying if it were legal and regulated in those ways, that's when you could get me interested. That's when I would restart this conversation. Well, uh, you need to get out here, or I will uh, uh, surreptitiously sneak you a brownie the next time I see you. <laughs> <laughs> I do love brownies. Speaking of things I love, though, do you want to do a quick break here so we can uh, do our sponsor acknowledgement of the day? That might be your worst segue ever. Speaking of things I love, like dessert, should we talk about our sponsors, which I also love? Speaking of things you can put in your mouth that'll make you high. No. <laughs> All right. So, Dave, two sponsors today. And first up is Taste Made. Taste Made. Taste Made. You know what Taste Made is? What is it? It's an app for your phone or for your iPod. It's a, well, it's a service, but I, I guess we're talking about the app. And the app is you, you make these, it's like you make your own 
food show, like your own That's food right. network show, but like not not cooking the food, but reviewing the restaurants that you like or reviewing. Uh, I guess the restaurants you don't like. Reviewing. Well, see, that's that's just it. It's not really reviewing restaurants you don't like. This is an app focused on raves, not reviews. You're only going to use Tastemate at your favorite restaurants. And he- here's what they say. They say that you can create your own HD quality bite-sized episodes of the places and dishes you love on your iPhone or iPod Touch. And what I like about it is, besides the fact that it is beautiful, uh, like just beautifully designed, is that it's very reminiscent to me of iMovie trailers. Remember those? I do. Because, you know, they're like, you know, t- get a two shot and get a shot of this and get a shot. Tastemate does the same thing. You fire it up and it's like, oh, we see you're at this restaurant. So get a shot of the food that you're eating. And get a shot of the ambiance and get a shot of the decor. And like 30 seconds later, you've got a, a, a beautifully produced movie that people truly do not believe was created on, on an iPhone. And that's the oh, – f- hang on. we got a fucking ambulance. <laughs> I can't wait to be away from this city where I won't have to hear these sirens anymore. Da-da-da-da-da. <laughs> And the thing is, the app walks you through it. There's no, you don't have to like write a script ahead of time. It takes you step by step through, here's how you make a good looking, here's how you make a, an interesting sounding video about your food, about the restaurant you're eating in. And they, they launched less than a month ago. And the Tastemade app has episodes now from 20 different countries in more than 160 cities in seven different languages. Because I'll tell you the truth, I've used the app uh, and it's fun. It is fun to make these reviews. It's very easy. You get a... I, I've made a couple of them myself. What's nice is that as you're creating them, it looks at the kind of restaurant you're at and it gives you like a default theme to go with. Like if it's a, an Asian restaurant, you're going to get some Asian music and an Asian-inspired font choice on the credit sequence that it puts in automatically. It's, it's hip. Wait, is it, is it going to be like a tasteful set of tasteful. fonts and choices or is it going to be like a, a little bit maybe offensive? Well, let me tell you something. The, the, every aspect of this app's design is incredible. I don't know who designed this app, but I can tell you that the design itself is excellent. Uh, it looks good. The content that it makes looks good. And, uh, you know, it's not about doing restaurant reviews. They don't want you to be a critic. This is the places you love. Make videos about it so that your friends know that you love those places. And then if you're in a new place or at a place where you just don't know where to go to eat, you fire it up. You look at your friend's uh, recommendations in the app. You can watch a 60-second video to find out what they love about it. And then you even know what to go order at that place. You know, my this is a little bit off topic, but my, my two favorite kinds of apps, especially to show people or to talk about, are one, apps that, that utilize the technology or, or uh, I don't want to use the word leverage, but I guess leverage, your, your phone in, in, in an interesting way, something that does something cool and new with the technology rather than just be technology for technology's sake. And the other thing that I really love is apps that make you look cool. Any, any piece of software I can use that makes me feel like I'm a more interesting person. This is the same reason I think people love like Instagram with the filters because everybody's suddenly making good-looking photos. Right. You and can't this, help but make awesome-looking videos with Tastemade. Right. It kind of hits both of those points where and, it's a cool thing to do with a phone and it also makes you look cool. I, I think that's perfect. And let me tell you something, Dave. Every listener to this show can afford Tastemade. Do you know why? Why? It's free. Oh my God, do they, do they need a promo code or something? Do they have to go to a special URL from us? All you have to do is go to appstore.com slash tastemade. Again, it's appstore.com slash tastemade, T-A-S-T-E-M-A-D-E, tastemade, appstore.com slash tastemade. You're going to find the app. You can search for it in the iTunes store if you'd rather not type it in, but it's, it's a killer app. It's free. And you know, it really is beautifully designed. Do you have any idea who did the design on this app, Dave? Um, I have some notes. Uh, oh, it was me. I did that. Oh, well, isn't that a hip coincidence? Well, I mean, I should say that, that I was not the only person involved, but uh, I certainly had a hand in it. 
And I will, I will also say that the app was built by friends of mine who I've worked with for years and years at various internet companies. So yeah, great, great people, really cool people to work with. They were. Uh, I made the love connection between TasteMade and Dave. That's true. That's true. They yeah, almost called the app Taste Dave. <laughs> <laughs> I wish they had. No, I, I, I can't say enough. Those are really great people to work with. Some of my, my favorite uh, clients ever. Just so, fantastic all the way around. So go to appstore.com slash TasteMade and, and start making your video raves. One other sponsor though, Dave, before I lose you. Uh, before like forever, forever before I disappear, never let me go, Lex. It's Insta browser. I am so curious about this. I honestly, at this moment, know nothing beyond the name and I'm, I'm, I'm dying for you to tell me. Insta browser is quite simply the fastest web browser for iPhone. It was initially inspired by read it later apps like Instapaper and readability, but Insta browser lets you read it now by downloading just the HTML of a web page and mobilizing it into a clean one column layout. So it cuts your data usage and load times by 90% or more. So if you're on a slow 3g connection, or if you're on a web page that doesn't have a mobile layout, you fire up Insta browser and it's going to just pull in the HTML content. It's going to ignore JavaScript. It's going to ignore, nonsense is going to just get you the meat and potatoes of the website you're trying to read format it beautifully for on your iphone and then give it to you there so you can read it right then without distractions and without waiting a long time for everything to load so it's kind of like um that safari mode the the reader right. mode where it just shows you except you don't have to like go into safari load a page and then hit that button you just go right. straight to the thing no bullshit exactly it's no bullshit so this sounds great. i like i like that it, it just takes the html skips over everything it doesn't even bother with the other stuff right it's like screw you other modules <laughs> it's all at once is the, the the stuff that you're actually after and when you go to their website you can see a a video of it in action at instabrowser.co that's i-n-s-t-a browser.co you can see a video of it in action if you want to find it on the app store go to the app store and search for instabrowser it's 2.99 if you prefer to get it for free they were inspired by Tastemate, I guess. If you want to get the app for free, you can do that too. There's an ad-supported version that's free. Uh, but, I mean, for $3, get it without ads, and then you can actually enjoy your distraction-free content distraction-free. But it's Insta Browser, So get that in the App Store, instabrowser.co, or just Insta Browser in the App Store. And it's, uh, I'll tell you the truth. If you go to instabrowser.co, we'll wait. You can pause us. Uh, if you go to instabrowser.co and watch the video, you will get it. You'll see a, they do speed tests versus Chrome and Safari. I don't on think I, the I don't iPhone. think I need the the speed test video. I mean, just just knowing even at a high level what it does, I think that's enough for me. Yeah, I'm sold. And you know, I got I got to tell you, even if I didn't need this, I just looked up the ad copy that you that you were going off of here, and and I got to tell you, even if I didn't need the app, I would pay for it just to reward them for using the word mobilizing. <laughs> <laughs> in the context in which they used it. Awesome. Well, I appreciate that. I appreciate both of these fine sponsors. So make sure you go check out Instabrowser, instabrowser.co or Instabrowser in the App Store. And make sure you go check out TasteMade, appstore.com slash TasteMade or just search for TasteMade in the App Store. Two really good apps, both available for free. So uh, you'd be crazy not to go get them and make sure that the next time you talk to the people behind either app, you tell them that Unprofessional sent you. Yeah, this week we've got these two sponsors and uh, you are beloved listener get a bunch of free shit you're welcome this is how much we love you <laughs> you know who else i love me d-rod oh and you but let's go oh, back okay. to d-rod all right <laughs> <laughs> i would just listen to a super cut of our sponsor reads <laughs> and we're back that was a that was a good sponsor read man there. those those sponsors i'm feeling dizzy yeah I feel high as if I'm just high on sponsor reads. (laughs) 
My trouble, the reason I don't smoke it now is not because of, well, certainly not legal things. I'm in Colorado. Um, it's not because it's hard to get because it's not. It's, it simply is just that uh, I, when I get high, I'm high for too long. And I don't like being out of control for that long. When I'm drinking, I can get buzzed, stop, and in an hour, I'll be fine again. Hmm. That's interesting. If I'm high, I'm just screwed until I wake up the next day. Wow. It's really just $20 to get a uh, – to get or $30 to get a, a prescription in L.A.? Yeah. I mean that's kind of hokey. I mean I, I wouldn't recommend that. that I, I was, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, would, I would definitely try to go to a, uh, a, a, um, a real doctor for, for the prescription. Um, but yeah, it's, um, you know, it's not very hard to come by those prescription cards. Um, Interesting. I thought weeds was exaggerating how easy it was to do, but I guess not. No, I can't believe you didn't already easy. know this. I'm a straight edge guy. You're, I don't even speed. I I feel like I'm straight edge in at least some sense. Because <laughs> I don't like I've never really touched drugs. I've smoked weed a few times and I, I drink. But that's about it. I don't really do any of that other stuff. I never have. Yeah, no, I do even... I. I don't I'm not into anything else. I mean, I, I couldn't. Uh, I, first of all, I don't like feeling out of control. Exactly. Um and that's why I stay away from drugs because I don't, you know, pot every once in a while is, is a different story because it's really more about getting the munchies and giggling and going to sleep. But in terms of anything else, I just don't want to put that stuff in my body. And and I love to drink, but I've lately, I guess not lately, but over the last few years or several years, I've been kind of solely, you know, hooked on just red wine. You know, good, good red wine. That's about it. That's where I draw the line. So I'm kind of boring in that regard. That's like, uh, that, that's some, if, if you're going to have like a, a, a legal addiction to a substance, red wine is about as 1% as you can get. It's going to be either that or Cristal. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I'm going to get the fanciest alcohol addiction I can possibly get. Yeah. Red wine. Did and that's, it's, it's classy though. It is, but it's, it could get expensive because. As you taste the stuff that costs more, you see the difference. Um, oh, yeah. And, and people who collect wine, people who are into that, will spend a ton of money just having wine sitting around. Oh, yeah. My best friend who's, who's actually in Last I Heard, Paul Ben Victor, he collects wine and he's got hundreds of bottles of wine um, in his house. So uh, I could see, but he's actually pretty good about it because he finds the best deals. So anything, any bottle under 20 bucks. That's really delicious. He'll buy a case or multiple cases of. See, I don't get it. I've got a friend who does the same thing. And we were going to lunch one day and he's like, hey, let's stop at my wine cellar. He's got like, like the way that people will have storage units. This guy has like a storage unit for wine. And we stop there and we go in and it's, it's this, well, it's like a storage unit. It's just full of bottles and cases and cases and cases of wine. And I'm looking at this and I'm saying to myself, how much money has been invested in wine that, that, may or may not ever be uh, consumed. consumed. <laughs> right. if, if you die with wine left in the wine cellar, you've made a mistake. <laughs> so you should just start drinking now. No, I, don't, I don't understand. I mean, I like, I like a drink, and I even like red wine, but I don't think I like anything so much that I would stockpile cases of it. I think Paul does it because he, he, he entertains so much, and when he entertains... That's his kind of go-to thing. Like, you know, in college, you, you go in the refrigerator and get a beer. You know, you come to Paul Ben Victor's house and you have 
a selection of five or six or seven different bottles of wine. And, you know, when you have 60, 70 people over, you'll, you'll plow through a few cases very easily. Maybe I just need more friends. See, I was just thinking though, like I hate having to go to the liquor store. I know in California, and maybe this is true in Colorado too, Dave, um, you can buy your booze at the supermarket. Yeah, you can do that here. Uh, in New Jersey, well. it's starting to come. It's starting to happen. I mean, it's, it's allowed, but the super, most supermarkets don't do it. Um, so I have to go to a liquor store, and every liquor store in the world is seedy. And no, I hate no. We've got like super high-class liquor stores here. I, I should rephrase. Every, in the world of New Jersey, every liquor store in the world <laughs> of New Jersey is seedy. And so I hate going there. So for me, if I buy beer, I'll try to buy a ton of beer at a time. And if we buy wine, I try to buy a bunch of wine at a time because it just makes – I don't know. I like to have it stockpiled not so I can just have it for the sake of having it, but so they don't have to go back again for a while. I have, I have one bottle of red wine. That I've had since I moved in. It was from the first housewarming party. Somebody gave it to me as a gift, and it's still been sitting under my my liquor cabinet all this time. I don't think I'm the sort of person who could buy a case of wine and ever get through it. See, well, to me, what's interesting about all alcohol is that just about all of it, with a couple exceptions, but just about all of it is a by necessity acquired taste. And like nobody likes red wine the first time they try it. You taste red wine, you're like, shit. Why do people do this? <laughs> Yeah, but everybody likes a pina colada the first time they have one, or a mai tai, <laughs> or. But so, like, how did D Rod for you? You said you mentioned that you're a red wine fan. Like, did it take you a while to get into it, or were you like, yes, this is the right thing for me from day one? I've always had a, a taste for wine, and it, it's just something that I really enjoy drinking. Um, but you know, as you get older and you start experimenting with different types, and you know, at all different levels, you know, you. Uh, you realize that it's it's kind of a fun thing to do, you know. I, I don't I don't really drink wine to the point where I get annihilated because you don't taste it after a while. Like you may as well just start drinking, you know, Mad Dog. Um, but <laughs> rubbing alcohol, you know, yeah. It's it, like you know, like we'll <laughs> we'll open like four bottles, but we'll taste a little bit of each one, and then the one that we really like is the one that we'll drink, you know, a bottle or two of, you know, over, you know, with five or six people but that's yeah i've always i've always liked wine have you ever done a wine tasting tour kind of thing there's a place on 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 the pch pacific coast highway here near where i live um rosenthal yeah i think it's called rosenthal wines i know him and there's a lot of them in la (laughs) (laughs) not the agent Um, oh god the other Rosenthal. not the guy that runs the studio uh the the guy (laughs) that owns the the vineyard (laughs) Not the dentist. <laughs> the um, see for me, I know that when you do a wine tour, the or a wine tasting, they like you to uh, the couth thing to do is to spit out the wine, like you're getting a taste, and then you that's you nuts. Spit it out. And to me, that's insane. Like we, I just was traveling with another couple a couple of weeks ago, and we went to uh, uh, Cape May, New Jersey, and we did a a wine tour where you're going around to a couple of different vineyards and, and tasting, and somebody drives you which makes it awesome because now you can drink and uh, swallow as all good people should. And uh, for me, that's part of the fun. Like I, I agree with you using wine to get blitz doesn't really make sense. No. Um, but having the opportunity to drink a whole bunch of different wines and not mind the fact that you're going to get drunk from it since somebody else is driving you and it's all already paid for. I find that very enjoyable. I couldn't imagine spitting it out at that experience. There are alcohols that I enjoy drinking. I like, um, I, I would say I don't enjoy drinking scotch or whiskey, but I, I, well, I don't like drinking them, but I enjoy drinking them because I have an appreciation for like the flavors and where they come from. 
more than it is like I would sit down and drink it. And if there were no alcohol in scotch, there's no way I'd ever drink it. Right. I fear that w- I feel that way about beer. Yeah, absolutely. It's I, I it's feel that way about that- water. <laughs> <laughs> Why am I drinking this? I'm not I'm not feeling anything. Yeah, if I'm if I'm not getting anything at I don't know, it's I can't you know, like in the movies, they'll like show the guy, like the alcoholic, like drinking straight from a bottle of gin and like gulping. That looks disgusting to me. How how could you do that? How why? Not even the you're going to get too drunk from doing that factor, as it is like just I can't imagine that flavor going into my body that way. Gulping alcohol. That's I think that's bullshit though. That's Hollywood's like. I'm sorry, I said a bad word. Oh, um, you're allowed. <laughs> Please, by all means. It's it's not it. That's a how. I mean, I've never in my life. I've seen people chug beer, sure. but I've never seen anybody take a tumbler full of alcohol and gulp it like straight tequila or rum or vodka. I just I've never seen that. Yeah, it's good. Like one swallow tops. Yeah, I, I've never seen that. I'm gonna, I'm going to go ahead and, and call bullshit on that one. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm with you. Drink guzzling that stuff. I just I can't even imagine doing like you said, Dave, and it seems horrible. But you could do it with you could do it with milk, you could do it with juice, you could do it with water, you could do it with soda. But my alcohol? point being that the the alcohol the, the trouble with alcohol is the flavor you wouldn't you wouldn't bother with it if it weren't for the fact that it were alcohol. I might do it with tequila. <laughs> really? You would drink I, virgin tequila? I guess not. <laughs> well, well, I would drink. I would drink uh, not plain. I would drink a drink that had virgin tequila in it because I really enjoy the tequila flavor in a mixed drink. I guess. So you want like a virgin but I wouldn't mimosa, do, right? I wouldn't do a shot of virgin tequila. That doesn't seem like it makes any sense at all. Yeah, I think shots in general are hilarious. What's the smallest amount I can take in rapid fire succession so that I can get drunk without taking too long? I love that. I think that's so funny. Well, shots are what you do when you have a goal. Or very goal little alcohol available. <laughs> I guess. A goal of, of what, though? A hangover? Of getting, uh, of getting hammered, yeah. You want, you want the quickest path to inebriation. Yeah, I, I just... That's like 20 years ago, though. I mean, I can't, I, I can't imagine doing that now. I mean, I do partake in shots every once in a while, but I'm not doing like, you know, 10 of them in a night. Yeah. I've never done that. I've never, I've never been that kind of drinker. That's good. That's healthy. Like I've never, even, even now, if I want to get wasted now, it's not go out and do shots. It's I'll order a martini and then another martini. <laughs> You're crazy, dog. <laughs> Going nuts. <laughs> do you feel, uh, do you feel <laughs> compunction or, or shame or anything about ordering uh, a, a perceived as, let's say, girlier drink? No, I love apple martinis, and I never order them because I'm embarrassed to. Well, you should be. <laughs> so that's the opposite of what you just suggested, though. You said no, you're never embarrassed to get one of those. Uh, that doesn't mean that I shouldn't be. <laughs> what about you, D Rod? Would you ever get a a, a a colorful, a bright colored drink at uh, your favorite chain restaurant? <laughs> I, I think you mean a drink of color. Um, let's <laughs> <laughs> be politically correct now. Right, I don't want right. to. I don't want to offend anybody. Um, yeah, probably not. You know, I mean, not that I. I wouldn't. I mean, if I, on a dare, yeah, of course, I probably wouldn't <laughs> drink it. You know, but but uh, no, I, I wouldn't do a fruity drink at a 
at a Friday's. I don't mind girly drinks. I think uh, girly drinks are, one, a good way to get introduced to different types of alcohol. Uh, two, it is a good way to be introduced to new cultures because it's very hard to find a truly American girly drink. <laughs> uh, and it's a good way to pace yourself. <laughs> See, I was with you until that last one. For me, a I can good drink way any to of those pace things. Yourself yeah, if you're, if, you're, if you're looking to, uh, to, to be drinking but not jump right to getting drunk... The girly drinks tend to not have a lot of liquor in them. All right. Now I understand. Okay, because they're lower quality content alcohol. Well, it's funny, too, if you – I mean, I, I have a wife, as you may know, and uh, if she orders one of those girly drinks and then they make it much stronger than she's expecting, if the pour is heavier than she was anticipating, then it's funny because now she's got a girly drink she can't drink and a girly drink I don't necessarily want to drink because she gets, like, way too fruity a girly drink. If it's got, like, pineapple or mango in it, I'm just not interested. Is it just the fruit that makes a girly drink a girly drink? Uh, I would say it's the fruit and the, the colors involved. The parasols? It, it's the fact that it's supposed to – the, the goal of such drinks is to mask the flavor of the alcohol. But I mean I'll drink a Mike's Hard Lemonade without any shame even though I think that's the same sort of idea. It's like how can we make a drink that doesn't taste alcoholic? And would you drink a lemonade uh, with the slice of lemon on the side of the glass? Like of, of virgin lemonade? <laughs> yes. Yeah, I would drink a lemonade that had a slice of lemon on the glass. A lemonade that has never been fucked. Uh, would you... So if, if it's... Don't, be careful what you stick in the lemonade. Yeah. The, so if, if it's the fruitiness and fruit sticking out of it and maybe the adornments and the, uh, the fact that you're not supposed to taste the alcohol, does a Bloody Mary count? I think a Bloody Mary is acceptable for a man before noon. <laughs> on Sunday. That's right. If it's a weekend would, and you're at a buffet. But would you call it a girly drink? I mean, it's fruit. It's tomato. I wouldn't call it a girly drink. Because it's not pink? I mean, it depends. If it has all the garnishes and all that stuff and the pretty celery hanging out, just mash it all in there and go for it. <laughs> right. I don't think V8 is a girly drink either. And I, so, yeah. I'll, I'll go with that. I think this is one of those uh, tomato not widely regarded as, as acting like a fruit sort of situations. Right. The labels are really vague on those things. Yeah. But uh, if I were out with friends on a Saturday night and somebody ordered a Bloody Mary, I would ask some questions. Because <laughs> that's a really fucking weird choice. That's a it daytime is. drink. I don't think I, they should serve. I think it should be illegal to serve <laughs> Bloody Marys after sunset. After sunset, that's it. No blood. I can't do it. Why? Because the liquor authority <laughs> will come in here and fine us $1,000 for every Bloody Mary we make after sunset. I can't serve this while it's dark out. I can't do it. Yeah. Can't do it. Sorry. <laughs> Much as I want to, I just I'm gonna I'm gonna have to say no. I always have V eight in the house and I have never uh mixed any alcohol with it, but now I'm really thinking about it. Um uh, what about a what about a mimosa? I think that's falls in the same category of you should not be able to drink one of those like at a bar after sunset. Yeah. I don't think that would even happen, right? Nobody's gonna order a mimosa. In the evening, right? Well, b probably nobody would order a Bloody Mary either, but it would be a really weird choice. A mimosa seems, though, like a very uh, – that's a Sunday thing. That's a Sunday brunch staple. This is, though – it's like breakfast. We, the reason we have bacon and eggs for breakfast is because those are foods that were usually best in the morning before we had refrigerators, and it sort of became tradition. There's no reason you couldn't or shouldn't eat bacon and eggs for dinner. I just well no so we, we certainly have breakfast for dinner in my house probably twice a month at a minimum and I feel you should I just don't what I don't get is pancakes are always good 
how we decided what time certain foods and, and drinks are allowed. Like, how come it's okay on that Sunday at brunch to have a couple of mimosas or a, a Bloody Mary and a mimosa? But if I pop a beer at breakfast, I get st- dirty looks. <laughs> I want beer for breakfast in my cereal. It's, it's totally a social construct. These are rules that we've created. There's no, there's no health reason. There's no logical reason. But I also think, though, that it's, that it's kind of like a, like, like a habit or a neurological thing where you wake up in the morning and, uh, you know, and you feel like, I want pancakes. But is that because you're used to it and you think of it that way? Or is, do you think there's something biological that drives you to want pancakes in the morning? I absolutely think it's biological. I absolutely think it's biological. I think you're right. Like, you can have it any time. But I, I think you just kind of – it just kind of feels weird on your palate to do, uh, to do that, to have breakfast at dinner or, you know. I think you could train pretty much anybody. Like I think if I serve my – like I love in uh, the Netflix show uh, House of Cards how um, Kevin Spacey keeps eating ribs for breakfast at his favorite ribs establishment in Washington, D.C. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think that you could feed uh, – if I fed my kids ribs for breakfast – um, with some regularity before they knew that that was weird, that they would totally be into it. I think I think it's very much an acquired thing. Like, oh, this is the kind of stuff we eat at breakfast and this is the kind of stuff we eat at dinner. I think uh, this is nature versus nurture. And I'm on the side of it's nurture because uh, to your point, Lex, if, I, if you let's, – let's do an experiment. Let's find some little kids who've, who are just eating solid foods and we'll raise them for the first, let's say, 15 years of their life to eat steak for breakfast and pancakes for dinner. I want to be those kids. Can we do the experiment on me? <laughs> for some reason, both of those things sound luxurious. Like, hey, I get to have dinner for breakfast, win, and then I get to have breakfast for dinner, double win. I'm totally in. Also, you know what sounds really good right now? Is steak and pancakes. Steak and pancakes. How about the, the, the uh, fried chicken and waffle thing? That sounds awesome, too. That's, like, that's a big thing in L.A. The Roscoe's has made it famous. I used to work right next door to Roscoe's and was a fan of their chicken and waffles. Yeah. It, delicious. It's almost, it's almost one here and I haven't even had breakfast yet. So this is killing me. <laughs> I want steak and waffles and chicken and pancakes now. I love so fried I chicken, man. Oh, preach it. Preach it, D-Rod. <laughs> Shit. How do you feel about KFC? I don't like KFC. I like homemade fried chicken. I like homemade fried chicken, but I also like KFC. I'm not going to speak ill of KFC. I couldn't. They're almost two separate things. You I think really Popeyes, them. in my opinion, and I don't want to start a fight here, <laughs> but I'm going to go ahead and say that that Popeyes tastes better to me than KFC. I, I can accept that, but I mean, the fact that it tastes better doesn't mean the KFC tastes bad, right? No, no, I don't think KFC. Okay. Tastes, I mean, in a pinch, you can't go does, wrong with KFC my, if my it's the only is, thing around. Does does Popeyes though have an analogous? I I don't know if I've ever been to a Popeyes. Do they have something that compares to the extra crispy? I it, it all um, well. First of all, I think that the the um the crispiness part of it is a little spicier with Popeyes. Okay. Um, but the sides are are Cajun influenced, so they have red beans and rice, mm-hmm. and they have biscuits and honey and like all these like real. And I love Cajun food. Um, so what I'm hearing is bring a modium. Yeah. Bring a modium and drink a lot of lemonade. <laughs> Virgin or otherwise. Or otherwise. Keep your dick out of your lemonade. I'm just saying if you if you <laughs> if, <I'm, 